I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like Charlotte residents who fell in love with each other through a wall are now discovering that they are essentially living with weird strangers. A true nightmare, frankly. (laughs) If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We are here today because we watched episodes seven to nine of the new season of Love is Blind, the second drop, as the couples wind down their honeymoons in Punta Cana and head home to the real world. Where the real terror awaits. Also, just want to say before we get into the recap that if you are a rich text fan, but you are not really a listener of Love to See It, our other podcast, We just launched a new format that has nothing to do with The Bachelor, and you might enjoy it. It's called Love 101, and our first episode was a deep dive into the cultural resonance of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship, and it was so much fun. Yeah, it was so, so fun to try a whole new format and a a new topic that was still very much in conversation with the kind of things we normally talk about. It does feel like real rich text content. So it's a little different from our usual fare over at Love to See It. It's not Bachelor. It's not reality TV. But yeah, check it out. Okay, let's get into it. Yes. Episode seven to nine. This is when all of the hope that each of these couples <laughs> feels about their new love and how they've never felt this way. It just starts to crumble slowly. Yeah. Yeah, this is when the show really starts to hit the fan. The The funny thing about last season in Houston is how quickly all of this happened. It happened much earlier than the show counts on, like during the pods, all these couples <laughs> fell apart. And this is more of a classic love is blind season where they make it to the beach and then they start to be like, I hate you. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, it turns out when we have to interact with other people... Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Or each other face to face. You know, it's bringing up some issues. So (laughs) some issues like (laughs) I don't actually like you. That's yeah. A lot of the issues. So some random observations up top. We both noted that the couples are just constantly ranking themselves as the top couple like they have every single couple has a conversation where they're like who do you think is the top couple it's probably us I love you I said I love you more than anyone else and I crowned the winners I really love you I've been saying really loving things about you to everyone I think we're the top couple and this is like such a classic love is blind conversation I think even in the first season It's like as soon as the show launched, everyone was like, obviously, this is a competition. (laughs) Who's going to come out on top? Like they they try to make it a not competition dating show. And yet people still feel like they should be competing with each other. But it seems like even more so this season than ever. They're like anxiously looking at each other and being like, we're the top couple, right? I think it's us. And you just know as soon as someone is talking about whether they're the top couple, you're doomed. This is a bad relationship. You're thinking about outside perception in order to avoid the rot at the core of your of your connection. They are also like comparing themselves a lot in order to navigate their relationships with each other. Like instead of saying like, I feel like I tell you I love you 
all the time and I am trying to make you feel very loved, they'll say, I say I love you more than any of the, of the other guys have. Or <laughs> like I, I came up and kissed you the most of any of the of any of the guys. This is mostly Jimmy and Chelsea. It's mostly clear. Jimmy and Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, it's this will become a trend where we'll be like, they are doing this a lot. And it's actually Jimmy and Chelsea who are doing it a lot. Yeah. Or Chelsea being like, all of the other guys are doing this for their partners. And I don't feel like you're doing that for me. And like sort of, yeah, using the other couples as a yardstick for how their partner should be behaving or how they should be behaving. Jimmy and Chelsea. Oh, boy. We have so, so much to say. So much to say. Another thing that I really noticed that is a bit more lighthearted is that they're always saying, like, not me or like not us like you know not us matching not us drinking first thing in the morning like i don't know what people that that formulation it's just always cropping up and it reminded me of last season or the season before when everyone said it's the blank for me constantly i think it was constantly i think it was the seattle i think it was the seattle season yeah i remember chelsea doing it constantly seattle chelsea and it's just so funny to me how like one phrase like that will sort of completely saturate a season. It's unavoidable. Well, it's it's, it's an in like half the conversation. It's an incredible way to track language trends because it's yeah. like a few months back. So you really notice it. But also they're all living together. So they're picking up language patterns from each other. Not me reading my ex's private friends Instagram yeah. stories again. Not me looking at that DM. Yeah. I I also think that it like it really bugged me, to be honest, because it becomes so constant. And it made me think about the way that we talk about like bachelor conversation and how scripted it is and the show cliches. And that's very real. Like, oh, this journey that we're on, like this is so amazing. It's magical. This is the perfect place to fall in love. I want to open up to you. Like I've had my walls up. All these cliches that make up the bachelor language, right? And I I had this moment where I was like, oh, I guess it's just replacing the cliches that we all use outside of the bachelor. They're falling back on these common slang expressions to fill in those moments in conversation. And it gave me a moment of just like, oh, conversation is so unoriginal. We're all just repeating things that we've heard until we die. It really is. We're all so annoying. If you taped us constantly, which actually, I guess you do. Oh my God. Please don't tell us what our ticks are. We're not going to stop doing them. Or how they change over time. That's, wow, what a horrifying thought. I'm so self-conscious now. Okay, let's talk about what happened in these episodes. They are still in the Dominican Republic for most of episode seven. The couples are all going on little excursions. They meet for one final daytime beach party just to, you know, stir up some potential conflict. And then they head back to Charlotte. Very quickly, we learn that Three of the couples are having a lot of sex. (laughs) Chelsea and Jimmy, Laura and Jeremy, and AD and Clay. So mazel tov to all of them. And it seems like Kenneth and Brittany are abstaining for religious reasons. They're they're the couple that was really bonding over loving God. Amy and Johnny have more specific and complicated (laughs) reasons that we will dig into later. But let's let's talk about what's going on with Chelsea and Jimmy. I can't wait because they they're always just like looming large in my mind. What is it about being a Chelsea on this show that you just instantly become the problematic main character? 
and, and that I am personally triggered by. I think <laughs> there are just qualities that this Chelsea has that I see little bits of the worst qualities of myself. And it's not fun to it's not watch. Fun to watch. That. Yeah. No. People on, on reality TV should be bad in ways that are different from us so that we can feel superior. Feel to superior them. to them. Exactly. Yeah. They had a little spat during the group hang and they end up making nice after this jimmy apologizes very sincerely and says he never wants to put her in a position where she feels sad or hurt and she's like well i just need to be heard and validated when i feel sad what did you think of this this is when things started to kind of shift in my perception of their relationship because me too i had really not appreciated some of jimmy's approaches to things with Jessica and with Chelsea in the pods. And then when he first met Chelsea, I thought he seemed kind of visibly hesitant and disappointed because he had let himself believe that she looked like Megan Fox. And that was all I thought kind of bad. And I was I was not thrilled with him. And and then he handled this post argument in such a I almost thought like too conciliatory way. I was like she was being pretty unfair to him in that argument and he not only wanted to make make it up he was like that's on me i'm sorry i don't want to make you feel sad or hurt i really love you like kind of taking it on to himself yeah. to be like i'm the cause of this problem and she was able to sort of just like smile and accept the apologies and and also demand more i think yeah. that's what was hard for me to watch is yeah. that when she says, you know, I need to be heard and, and validated when I feel sad, yes, that is lovely. Partners should hear each other out. But also just because your feelings are negative in some way, that doesn't get to just automatically override your partner's feelings. And like that is part of being in a relationship is it, it seems to be a one-sided request. Like yeah. Chelsea needs to be heard and validated when she's upset and she even says to Jimmy during this conversation, like, just take it. Or maybe it was in the fight. It earlier. was in the I, fight. Some... Yeah. She's like, okay. I'm telling you that, like, you hurt me and, like, upset me and you need to just take it. And to me, that's a red flag. Yeah. I was really troubled by this. Like, there was this sense that he should be sort of self-flagellating whenever she yeah. is upset in order to appease her. And there wasn't much reciprocity there. Like, where was the part of the conversation where she acknowledged that she was... responsibility for her part. Yeah, that she escalated things, that, that she was not very generous in her interpretation of things. I do understand how things can escalate and get emotional, but Same. you would at least hope that in the aftermath, you could both look at things a bit more clearly and take some responsibility. And it seems more like Jimmy has decided that he needs to be the one to kind of eat shit to to make things okay and he's willing to do that for now yeah so after this fight and the resolution they do seem like they're in a genuinely good place for a little while <laughs> for a little while yeah during during the beach party they're very affectionate with each other they're giving each other space it feels like they've both just diffused something and they're like we got through that conflict we feel really good they're sweet in the way they talk to each other and also about each other to the other to the other people and the other couples. And Jimmy even like repeatedly says like, Chelsea's such a babe. She's perfect. She's beautiful. And I believe him. He is physically attracted to her. But there's still this sense before we even leave 
the Dominican yes. Republic, that Chelsea has this like well of insecurity that is not going to be satisfied. And this do- this really reminds me of like dating when I was very young and young. insecure. The sense that like all I need is a man to just say something really romantic or like really show me how much he loves me and then I will feel like kind of whole and and healthy again. And it turns out that that is just a hole that can never be filled that way. You're going to keep scooping into it as long as you're really relying on that to feel the lack of insecurity that's stemming from something outside of him ultimately. I think that that's exactly it. I think all I could see in watching how Chelsea navigates this relationship is someone who has really been hurt, someone who really needs to dig into some of that stuff more than she already has on her own and kind of get her own steadiness and sea legs outside of Jimmy's over validation. Like that is... And I, and I feel some empathy for that because I have also been like a very insecure person. That's why I, part of why I was in therapy for 10 years, specifically talking about like how to be an okay person in dating situations. Mm-hmm. But the answer to that is not to reach your 30s and demand that your partner's behavior prioritize your constant affirmation 100% of the time. It's just not realistic and it's not fair to Jimmy. listened to a free preview of this week's rich text podcast if you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire rich text back catalog you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com if not you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clareandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. <laughs>